0: So many of the practices that so many people in this community are just like, yeah, I've got to sit down and spend some time with myself. I need to be more contemplative, all of that. These ancient tools are like revolutionary now, because look at where we've gotten without them.
1: Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. For all my wellness coaches and practitioners that are listening today, if you are looking for support to launch, grow, and scale your online business, my team and I are here to help. Our nine-month Align and Lead Business Mentorship Program is here to help take you from basically nothing to creating an actual sales process and sales system in your business so that you know how to go out there and bring in leads for your business, nurture those leads, and have an effective sales process to continually grow and bring in revenue. We're going to help you set up your signature webinar, create your signature coaching program, create amazing content for social media, put together funnels and systems that might sound a bit overwhelming, but our tech team is here to literally take it off of your hands. I am so excited to offer this level of support and to really coach you in growing into the leader and the CEO that I know that you are. If you would like to learn more, head on over to samanthagladish.com forward slash mentorship for all the details welcome back ladies and welcome back to me fangirling me fangirling over my amazing guest today danielle laporte so excited to bring you this interview and share this with you all i have been so very in love with danielle's work for a very long time i have pictures of her and my girlfriend Three of us being at a event. Now, it wasn't just the three of us together. My girlfriend and I were there to see Danielle speak, and I have photos with her. I've seen her speak on stage numerous times. I've been to many of her events that she's hosted here in Toronto, and I remember the Firestarter sessions. Oh my God, that just lit this deep desire in me to start exploring business and my life And what it would look like to create things on my own terms and to trust my instincts and to follow my heart. And that was so many years ago. And at that time, I just remember answering the questions in the book and going through the journaling processes and thinking how challenging it would be to actually follow through on these dreams and to trust my instincts and to follow my heart. But yet, all these years later, here I am and truly doing that and living in alignment with that and i know we can all do that and i know that danielle's message is really about connecting to the heart center so that we can really truly follow what we really long for and what our heart is calling to us her new book is called how to be loving when your heart is breaking open and the world is waking up and we chat about how this book was actually supposed to be a sequel to the desire map but this is what came out instead she wrote this book during the pandemic which of course a really challenging time to write a book when you have the world in chaos and so much disconnection happening and people being in a really deep state of fear and so disconnected from love so we talk about what love is and what it is not Danielle talks about the ego and defines that for us. We dive into virtue signaling and what it means to spiritual bypass. We also talk about addiction and really chasing this feeling of love, which ultimately it really isn't the end goal and what we should really be chasing instead. And she expands on that for us. We talk about self-love and She's just super transparent about times in her life when she really wasn't practicing self-love, what it looked like for her and her experiences and her breakdowns, what it means to set boundaries in your life, and how to really connect to love and to really take that and share that and serve that into the world. I am so excited for Danielle Laporte. I feel like she doesn't truly need an introduction, but you're going to get one anyways. She is a member of Oprah's Super Soul 100, a group who, in Oprah Winfrey's words, is uniquely connecting the world together with a spiritual energy that matters. The former director of a future studies think tank in Washington, D.C., where she managed a team creating global scenarios, she now speaks about the intelligence of the heart. Her most recent book, How to Be Loving, When Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World is Waking Up, is an audiobook, an ebook, with a companion deck and journal. She is also the author of The Firestarter Sessions, The Desire Map, White Hot Truth, and the producer of dozens of meditation kits and online programs for spiritual support. Without further ado, let's dive into my interview with Danielle Laporte. Hello, Danielle. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. It's so great to have you here. We were just chatting before we hit record. Have all your books, have all these photos with you, <laughs> had all these butterflies when I was like, yes, my interview is coming up with Danielle. Oh, right on. We're yeah, here.
0: So exciting. Canadian Canadians unite. Yeah.
1: That's right. Amazing. I love it. So I'm sure our audience is very familiar with your work, but in case somebody is perhaps living under a rock and- a little bit unfamiliar with you. I'd love it if you could just give us a little Coles Notes, which can be a bit challenging, about Mm -hmm. who you are and and what you do.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm most well known for a book called The Desire Map, which was a holistic approach to goal setting, which was really like the subversive way to get people to not goal set anymore. (laughs) Um, And now uh, I mostly talk about the intelligence of the heart. I have a speckled background. So, you know. Was from Windsor, grew up there, Mm -hmm. was going to go into fashion design. I had my own publicity company. I ended up running a think tank in Washington, D.C. for future studies and consulting to the Pentagon on weapons of mass destruction and water wars. That was wild. Wow. It's as weird as it sounds and amazing. And then something called WordPress happened. (laughs) And I just started, you know, writing publicly And now I have, well, How to Be Loving has just come out. So it's Mm -hmm. my first book in five years, fifth book. And uh, I have a membership program called Heart Centered Membership, which is really this kind of spiritual support system that's really grounded at the same time. And I have a leadership program called Heart Centered Leadership, where we have like coaches and facilitators, really anybody who just wants to take a more holistic approach to leadership and communication. And that's happening in like 30 countries, 400 women. Oh
1: my God. That's amazing. Did you ever expect that your reach would be this big?
0: No, not in this way, but I always felt really inclined for something in communication Mm -hmm. and always oriented toward spirit. You know, I'm a recovered Catholic. Growing up in Windsor, where are you going to be? You're going to be Catholic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was in, you know, I, I, there was one point I was going to go to Ryerson for fashion design. And then I thought, well, no, maybe I'll get into documentary film. So there's always something about expression and mass communication. But like, who knew? Who knew this was going to be it?
1: Amazing. Well, it's so beautiful to be able to witness this journey you've gone through and all that you've Mm -hmm. created and all the lives that you've touched, which is just so beautiful. So I read that you were actually planning on writing the sequel to the Desire Map, but this is what came out instead.
0: Yeah, this was originally, you know, when I went to my publisher, How to Be Loving was going to be Desire Map 2.0. And we thought that was a great title Um, because, you know, Desire Map, there's like 400,000 people almost who've gone through that process. Um, And then I got into it and I was like, "Mm, this is not about more desire. (laughs) This is about higher desire and aspiration. And so I really need to go down this whole track about virtue. And guess what? Your fulfillment is not based on whether you're in a good mood or not. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: now here we are, how to be loving.
1: Amazing! That's so beautiful. So you wrote this during the pandemic, yeah. Which I can only assume was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. What was that process like?
0: It was like the content was there. I really felt like with with most books, it's it's. I feel like I'm just kind of pulling stuff down from the ether. It's like, oh, that's on this cosmic shelf. Let's call that a chapter. Right. And then, of course, there's a lot of repurposing, like nothing, no author, especially in the self-help space. You're not starting fresh. It's like, oh, this is what I've been talking about for a year. I'm going to polish it up. But I found it so hard to stay focused. Oh, like. I bet. I was so highly distracted. I mean, everybody was in the mode of a lot of fear, a lot of panic, it's, you know, depending what side you're on, how you looked at things. You're trying to save somebody's life somehow. Um, it was. It was intense and super inspired. I mean, the world is falling apart. Let's talk about virtue and unity consciousness and deep self-acceptance. And like, I knew this was right on time.
1: Yeah. There was no doubt about that. That's amazing. Did you have like doubts or insecurities around like, or just uncertainties of how it might be perceived like? here we are. Everybody's in the fear mode and I'm writing about the complete opposite, <laughs> which is so needed. Yeah. No doubts.
0: No, it was just because I'm swimming in this, right? Like totally everybody in my, everybody in my community is here for love. Like we're all, everybody's struggling with the same things, but there's a commitment for goodwill. Right. And it's what I see in my life. It's what I see in the world. Like you know, everything I see in terms of, This is going to use the word trend, which would be so silly, but, you know, just like what's emerging in collective consciousness mm-hmm. is in these covers. Like we are, you know, I'm hearing so many people talk about the anxiety that has surfaced over the last couple of years and mm-hmm. a lot of suicidal ideation and panic attacks and depression. And I really feel that. All of that shadow stuff was very likely there before the planet really started to squeeze us. It's just bringing that stuff to the surface, which is why, you know, there's a lot of beauty about what's gone down and what's still falling apart. And totally. I mean, we're just, every week, it's another thing to be divided on.
1: Absolutely. Well, I love the name of your book, How to Be Loving, When Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World is Waking Up. Yeah. You nailed that one. Thank you. (laughs) It's really good. So I'd love to chat about what love is and is not. Thank you. Yes. That's the best question ever.
0: (laughs) Well, let's start with what it's not. Um, contrary to pop culture, mm-hmm. love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is a virtue. It's a higher state of consciousness. It's a way of being. I mean, you can really push this out further and say like love is a fabric of the universe. Everything is made with yin and yang and opposing forces, contrasting forces coming together to create something, and your consciousness or nature love is the stuff and my getting to that was well there's a lot of mysticism and science actually that supports this that feelings actually come from the unconscious self the subconscious self and that can be a bit of a for me it was a bit of a bitter pill to like really like what you know even my happiness Is coming from my unconscious self, like my shadow nature. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we don't want to feel happy. And it doesn't mean, like, feelings are great. Feelings are part of the human experience. But we're, like, not our feelings. And the problem comes in when we over-identify with our feelings. Like, I, you know, I'm sad. And so I am that. And I'm all the heaviness that comes with that. And I'm all the reasons that make me sad. And I'm all the reasons why... It's difficult to get out of sadness. And that is just this, you know, cluster situation of thinking and emotion. And it's just really soupy. I mean, esoterically, we would say, you know, this is this is the emotional waters. This is the astral. And you don't want to be living there because you are so at the mercy of your, not just your emotions, but everybody else's emotions. It's up and down. Right? right? And love is... Well, the commitment to love is I want to be loving no matter what. I want to be loving no matter what mood I'm in, no matter how you treat me. I want to show up and like be consistent. That's integrity. Got consistency. That's wholeness. It's like somebody in my heart-centered membership asked me last week, how do I be loving when I don't feel loving? Hmm. So you just choose. I mean, it's it's you know, it sounds a bit cheeky, but it's just like, Of course you don't feel loving. This is the struggle of the mind and of emotion and social conditioning and all the dogma and all the things. But you be your own divine mother and you make that higher choice that you were going to love in spite of, despite, whatever. Um, Yeah, that's love. Love is the Mm
1: -hmm. higher choice. I love that. Can we expand a little bit more on feelings? You mentioned feelings. I feel like I don't know if addicted is the word, but a lot of people are maybe it's chasing. Like they're chasing this feeling of love or wanting to just feel really great. Yeah. But it's not the end goal as you talk about. Yeah. So what is it that we should be chasing, you know? Can you expand on this and why we, wouldn't, why we shouldn't really be identifying with the overall feeling?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great question, too. I think, you know, you use the word addicted. I think we're addicted to the chase.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: let's talk about the ego for a second. The ego mind, there's so many different phrases for ego. Yes. There is, I, how I define ego is it is this exaggerated sense of being separate. And the ego wants to be right, and it wants to be real. So it's always separating. I'm worthy, I'm unworthy. You're superior, I'm inferior. Right, wrong, race, religion, political, all the stuff. Right. That just polarizes everything. And the there's no rest in that. But the right. ego, the, the mind wants to keep going. So you never... You never get to settle, like you never, um, first of all, you're always proving and you're, and this is where it's super messed up. You're trying to prove that you were valuable based on this social programming script. It doesn't matter where the script came from. I mean, I grew up Catholic, St. Anne's High School, to come see Ontario, uh, you know, and it's really a setup to prove. I am good, I follow these commandments, therefore I earn divine favor. So the chasing love is really just chasing self-worth, which is kind of a ridiculous conversation to have. Like, you were born worthy, there's no question, there's nothing to prove. But the, the shadow self, the wounded self, the unhealed part of ourselves is really comfortable being unhealed. And what will keep you unhealed? That perpetual cycle of proving and, you know, I have, we all know people and we may be those people who, you know, we commit to decades of a career or we marry a particular person to like prove something to our parents. Like, I'm not you or I belong or whatever it is. And it's such a recipe for... Well, all kinds of addictions, from just you know being addicted to the dopamine hits from your phone, to shopping, to substances—all those things—until you wake up and go, "I'm going to just stop and stop the proving, be with the pain, realize, you know, this is really the heart of how to be loving. Realize that you're you're actually you're not the wound; you're the healer. Mm. It's amazing.
1: That's profound. Yeah, it's it's such hard work. You know, it's 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 necessary work. Mm-hmm. I I think. And it's hard work for somebody to take that initial step to actually sit with themselves and be with themselves yes. and be honest about how they're being and what they're chasing. You mm-hmm. know, and like that's mm-hmm. it's such a powerful shift when that starts to happen. But getting to that point, like, what is, mm-hmm. what is the advice you can give to someone who's like, in that in between of like, I know, I know there's something on the other side of this, but they're mm. so stuck in their stuff right now. Like, how do you get, how do you get to that next step? Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes, well, <that's>
0: humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much everybody. Uh, Yes. Okay. This is what I have to say. This is my experience. Mm. You got to want it. That's it. This is where, like, this is yeah. where we really grow up and grow into our power. It's like, do you want to be in pain or not? Do you want to feel on purpose and have a sense of meaning or do you want to be chasing things? Do, are you tired of being tired yet? You know, I, I think, I, I don't think you, you know, you can divide everybody into this, but. I would say some of us are in the camp of we move towards the ideal. We move towards the pleasure, healthy pleasure. And some of us are more motivated by pain. And you get to, like, take your pick. And I think eventually what happens is you get enough painful experiences, so you have enough anxiety or enough panic attacks or relationships falling apart. Right. You're just tired of that. You think there's got to be another way, and you make your commitments, and, you know, it's one step forward, half a step back, and, and, you know, this is what heart-centered living is all about, like, living a reflective life, and we are not raised to live reflective lives, like, I was, you know, I had a really decent childhood, my parents are pretty cool, but You know, they were struggling young hippies who got knocked up in high school living in an industry town and with their own injured parents, et cetera. I was not raised to meditate. I was not raised to contemplate. There was no intentional stillness in our lives. Now, these are so many of the practices that so many people in this community are just like, yeah, I've got to sit down and spend some time with myself. I need to be more contemplative, all of that. Like this is, these tools, these ancient tools are like Mm -hmm. revolutionary now. Because look at where we've gotten without them. (laughs) Burned out. Greedy. uh, Separatist. And really tired. So do you want it? Okay, great. Then there are so many tools to help you. They've been around for thousands of years. And... You need to be. This is like the other chunk of advice: like, want it and commit. Be devoted. Your devotion is going to define your life. Um, but be compassionate with your lack of devotion, with you know, um, with your resistance. Be compassionate with your resistance to ask show you up again. And also take resistance as a sign of change, that. When your cells are resisting, your biology is resisting, it's an indication that your body is shifting. And it's the same psychologically.
1: The Naturally Nourished program is here, and the naturally nourished woman trusts her intuition, recognizes the importance of connecting with nature and her ancestral roots, and doesn't let diet culture sway her. This in-depth program will help you heal your metabolism, optimize your thyroid, and balance your hormones using ancestral nutrition. This isn't about following a meal plan, but tuning into your body and trusting the feedback it gives you. This isn't about chasing symptoms with supplements or pills, but healing by getting to the root your metabolism using tools and strategies that have been at your fingertips this whole time we've just become so disconnected from seeing its power this isn't about restriction or deprivation but eating naturally nourishing foods that skyrocket your energy increase your libido turn on your metabolism and reconnect you to your true and and reconnect you to your true essence the answers have always been within you I'll be here to help you reconnect back to your wisdom, your femininity, and your vitality. Join us in the Naturally Nourished program. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash Naturally Nourished. I know that you might be totally grossed out at the sound of beef liver, but it really is a superfood that is going to supercharge your health and your hormones. I love taking the desiccated liver from Perfect Supplements. You can head on over to perfectsupplements.com and save 10% site-wide with the coupon code wellnesswitch. Now, why do you even want to take desiccated liver? Well, if you're not eating liver daily and let's face it many of us aren't i personally don't love the taste of liver but with four capsules a day from the perfect liver supplements you're getting three grams of grass-fed beef liver this is going to help support energy metabolism digestion maintain healthy cholesterol cardiovascular health as well as healthy blood sugar it truly is an incredible superfood and it is really something that you are going to feel the difference when once you start taking it. Some people believe that liver actually stores toxins when in fact the liver filters toxins and stores vitamins and minerals because of its function. Liver is one of the most nutrient dense superfoods in existence. And I absolutely love it. And here's another thing with desiccated beef liver, taking this supplement is actually the best form of a prenatal so there's a lot of prenatals out there that have a lot of fillers and binders but you're not going to get that with desiccated liver in fact you're going to get an incredible dose of vitamins and minerals the nutrients and the whole food form that your body really needs to support you and baby so again head on over to perfectsupplements.com use the coupon code Wellnesswitch at checkout and save 10 percent off site-wide so I feel like this kind of leads into the power of self-love because essentially mm. that's what self-love really is, is co- committing to this process, committing to yourself. And if you're open to maybe being a bit transparent, perhaps about a time in your life where you weren't practicing self-love and what that actually looked like and that mm. perhaps that experience or perhaps even that breakdown mm-hmm. is what created a breakthrough for you. Mm. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. This is ongoing. Yes. It's it's like,
0: you know, when I stay up too late to do one more Instagram story, yeah. Um. when I, when I skip a meal, when I think that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not enough for my own desires. It's really, I think, you know, enlightenment is, I don't know what enlightenment (laughs) is actually. (laughs) I'm not there, but you know, where I was going was, I think possibly when you get to that place of really knowing your divine nature, Mm Maybe you get to check out. You don't have to do this. You don't have to be in this, you know, university called life on earth anymore. Yeah.
1: I appreciate your honesty around that because I think it's easy for people to look at you or look at myself and be like, oh, well, they're perfect. They have it all together. Their commitments are on point. And, you know, they're in the spirituality space and like they've done the work. Like it's easy for you to say that right? But no, we're, we're humans. And it's true. Okay. Every day is this recommitment to committing yes. to ourselves and, and practicing that self-love. And I think maybe a lot of people don't even see it that way. They don't see that skipping the meal or staying up late is a part of self-love. I feel like that alone mm-hmm. could be a really big revelation for some people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my most profound advice I can give. Not that I give advice anymore, <laughs> is just treat yourself like a five year old. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's why the term inner child is so powerful in terms of shadow work. But it's just like, you know, for those of us who are parents or those of us of us who have ever loved a child or have siblings, like, you know? You. Feed them at a regular time. You let them know that nourishment is coming. You make it as nourishing as possible. Mm-hmm. When they need one hug, you give them 10. When they're crying, you don't try and talk them out of their emotions or their feelings. You're just, just you know, good parenting is loving as is. Mm-hmm. And if we loved ourselves as is, and and this is really what I'm on about with how to be loving is, to create conditions of healing for yourself. It's like, I, you know, I've oft, I often get asked if, if we're having a conversation about relationship dynamics, then you know the question is going to come up. How do I know when I stay, should stay or when I should leave the relationship? Right. And that question can be applied to so many things, like when you should quit the job or when you should carry on or commit to yourself on this new project or all those things. And the answer is, like, what's the most healing thing for you to do? Mm-hmm. Healing being you are more aware that you are love itself. You are more aware that you are interconnected with everything on the planet. You are more aware that your happiness is connected to other people's happinesses, happiness. And you're going to expand. Healing is expanding. Like, I'm more conscious about my capacities. I'm more conscious about all my ignorance and my shame. It's just like, I am seeing more things more clearly. So if the relationship, as hard as it is, is helping you expand, maybe you should stay, wait for the miracle. If it isn't, and you are just hating on yourself even more, and it is not bringing out the best in you and the long, that slippery slope right. of shrinking and just, you know, all the things that a toxic environment does to you just perpetuate self-hatred
1: and lack of love for self that maybe you should split. It's mm-hmm. a good way to look at it for sure. So you mentioned inner child and yeah. you talk a lot about, you know, reconnecting or healing really your inner child, how important is it to heal our inner child? It's everything. It's everything. I think it's the
0: most important work that there is. So healing our inner child is a really accessible way of saying we are making all that is unconscious conscious. And that is the work of, I believe, lifetimes. And so um, this is really how to be loving is you are going to be gentle and reverent and kind and friendly to the parts of yourself that are most annoying, (laughs) that you have been pushing away, that you're probably in therapy for, um, that you're ashamed of, and that are like just a real pain in the ass. And that's the alchemy. Like that's, you know, we're all we're all familiar with like the term like love changes everything. Mm-hmm. Love does change everything, and that's how like you take the most unlovable situation, aspect, fragment of yourself, the most unlovable in society and you move from mm, tolerating it to accepting it. You're actually going to embrace it instead of push it away, to actually having reverence for it. Like all these social agitators right now and um, all the things you've been struggling with. So much to teach you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So I know you've been doing this work for so long, and I'm really curious to know how this work has impacted your relationship with your son.
0: Oh, (laughs) Uh I, my son is 18 going on 19 but really like going on like 35. <laughs> um how is this Well this is my life. This is this is how we live. This is the home I create. This is I'm like I'm not that different in a podcast <laughs> interview than I am with my kid, you right. know? Like um conversations are deep and you know, of course there's more range. It's like there's there's lots of playfulness and like we're like super cool with each other. He's basically my roommate at this point, you know I love it. and so I gotta say like you gotta you gotta change a headlight in the car like that's your job. and there's a lot of conversation around um, sacredness. you know, there's a very active conversation. like my style of parenting has been I think it's my job to get, information and wisdom to him before any other source right so you know when he was 10 years old we were having conversations about porn and the internet cuz i'm just like i'm going to lay down what is sacred what is right what is sane mm-hmm. before there's any programming happening there and it's been that way with everything with like let me talk to you about what a healthy relationship is let me talk to you about our relationship with nature let me talk to you about hard drugs, chemical drugs, natural drugs. Let me talk to you about money. And poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he's gotta live with a preacher. The, you know, mama, a preacher in the kitchen all the time. Every meal comes with some metaphysical lesson.
1: <laughs> Hilarious. I love it. Uh,
0: but so far, so good. But you know, he's his own. When he was when he was born. People say, well, how do you like being a mother? And I say, well, I like being his mother. I don't, you know, motherhood, it's it's a it's a gig, you know, but like mothering him, this you know, is amazing. Um, it's like saying, how do you like being married? Well, it really depends on the person, yeah. you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh,
1: Totally. Oh, I love that. I, so are there moments where he's like, oh, mom, like, I just, I don't want to hear right now.
0: Yeah, totally. He's, he'll he'll take it in and then he'll go, I got it. I got it. I got it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, like I just had a speaking gig in Vancouver and he's seen me speak, I think more than anybody now. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't have to drag him to the event. He brought, he brought a, he brought a girlfriend and, and he was in charge of the music and, Spotify and all that. Amazing. And he split. He didn't, he didn't leave in the middle of my talk, but you know, I'm signing books and he's just like, Hey, you know, catch you, catch you later, mom. And doesn't say like good gig, amazing. You pack the place, <laughs> nothing, you know? And later I, I just you know really see like this dynamic that's been there since he was a child. There's times where like, of course I want his love and approval and those are the times when I become a really sloppy parent of just like, yeah, you can do that because I want you to love me. Mm. And there's so much of parenting that really is thankless. And that is the nature of unconditional love. It's yeah. like, I'm going to love you in this way. And and you can not think this is awesome right now. But um, what I did say to him, I was like, well, I kind of did this soft step. I was like, you know, well, what, you know, what'd your girlfriend think of it? Oh, you know, she's not very spiritual. It's not the person he's dating. It's a friend who's female. And uh, and I was like, well, what do you think of the night? And he's like, well, you know, I've heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> and i just like, I got a standing ovation. And, but it's true. He's heard it all. Yeah. Oh, I
1: love it. <laughs> but that's just such a really beautiful dynamic. And, you know, yeah. I think back to my childhood, and I wish, as I'm sure so many other people I wish I would have had that relationship with mm. my parents and ha- and just have them be open. And for me growing up, there wasn't that space to have that conversation. It, it wasn't mm. a safe space to talk about these perhaps taboo things. That, that wasn't a safe space. So I think it's really profound and really beautiful. And I appreciate you sharing that.
0: Well, you know, when I talk to moms, especially at speaking gigs, I've, I, there's often a mother will stand up and say... Do you think I should be teaching my kid about, you know, you kind of fill in the blank about, you know, we're all energy beings or whatever the spiritual thing is. And i just like, look at, you look at your hard earned wisdom, how separate you were from things, how you found out how your nervous system works and whether it's essential oils or prayer or just our connection to nature. It's like, those are your healing tools now. Why would you not pass them on? And really, I think our job is, you know, vibe as high as we can, work our wisdom, and indoctrinate your kids into love. You know, you asked a, a question at the top of our time together about, I think it was something about focus. I don't, I'm not remembering the right term, but I would say like there's just really one good use of desire. Mm-hmm which is to desire to embody love. And if you focus on that, anything that's not love slips away. Right. Yeah.
1: All right. So I'd love for you to break down what virtue signaling is and also talk about spiritual bypassing. I think we hear a lot Mm -hmm. about these terms, but perhaps don't truly understand what they mean. And I'd love for you to... Explain them to mm-hmm. us.
0: Okay, those are two big topics. Let's go with spiritual bypassing. Something negative, I put that in quotes, happens. Something that is like not spiritual looking or you feel something and you label it as unspiritual. So you like, you feel enraged or jealous. Jealousy is, most of us identify as like, that's not very spiritual. <laughs> right. And then what you do with that, so-called unspiritual thing is you take a spiritual ideal or philosophy and you just shellac it all over that negative thing. So classic spiritual bypassing is saying things like everything happens for a reason. It's karma. And I think those are universal truths. I think karma is at play and that everything does happen for a reason. But if you don't look at the really messy, human, quote, unspiritual-looking stuff, right. then it's just going to get smooshed down into your psyche, and it's going to come up someday to be dealt with. And that comes up in, like, anxiety and fear and obsessiveness and all of that. And the the other downside of the bypass is we're missing the opportunity to love and to be whole. Like, you know, whatever your struggle is, Some of us are really inclined to, like, nervousness and worry and fear or greediness or arrogance. Like, whatever your thing is, you have to love that. Mm. And that is how it, first of all, just settles down and stops controlling you. And then you just become more spacious. It's not even about changing that stuff. Like, arrogance is arrogance. Anxiety is anxiety. Stop asking your anxiety to be relaxed. It's showing up as is. Like, just love it. And just get bigger to hold it. Mm. And you will get more powerful, and that stuff will not control you as much.
1: Okay. So that's spiritual bypass. That's lovely. And... Virtue signaling.
0: Well, I... The cultural definition of virtue signaling would be that you want to look good you want to look virtuous and so you do performative kind of things right to say to the world look how much virtue I have but here's the thing with virtue signaling it is the mate of cancel culture Mm, that's where I was going to go next (laughs) yep and cancel culture is the dearth it is the tragedy I think of one of the tragedies, many tragedies of our times. And this is where I'm at with cancel culture and virtue signaling. Just let people virtue signal. Mm
1: -hmm. Leave them
0: alone. Right. Because to point the finger at someone else in a kind of hostile way and say that they are not being virtuous enough is... Kind of absurd if you just really stop and think about it. And then there's the possibility, I think it's more of a fact, that you cannot know what is inside someone's heart or consciousness. Totally. You do not know what is inspiring them, motivating them. You don't know the arc of their life. They could be totally virtue signaling. They could be making the donation just for the tax write-off. They can be saying the thing because they don't want to be canceled. Let them be because virtues are a concept. Generosity, love, forgiving, resilience, patience. These are all ideas until you grow up a little more and you learn how to really like be these things and embody them. So someone's just gonna be kind of practicing with forgiving, let's say. They're gonna faux forgive. Hmm. Probably gonna faux forgive through a spiritual bypass, a virtue sign, and you know, (laughs) use their spiritual bypass as a virtue signal. And something's gonna soften in there. You know, the relationship, their faux forgiveness. The other person's gonna be really appreciative that they were forgiven. And then some something interesting happens. Some love starts flowing in the person who was faux forgiving. And then they think, I haven't totally forgive, forgiven. Mm-hmm. And they move more into that place of embodied love. And easy. And so it turns, it evolves from being this concept. I'm going to practice being generous. I'm going to fake generosity. I'm going to just kind of forgive. To like, wait a second, there are benefits to this. Now I'm going to actually really do real generosity. I'm going to do real forgiveness. But those things can't happen if we've got all this bullshit cancel culture that comes in and really traumatizes people. And it's so many steps back for people who are on the path to wake up to what love really is,
1: Uh, the irony, really. For sure. So have you found it challenging to navigate what to share, what not to share? And just this whole cancel culture, especially, you know, having a big platform that you have.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um,
0: I decided, I mean, there's some topics I won't touch. And I feel they're not mine to go towards, actually. Right. There are, um, you know, with everything that's happened in terms of Wellness and medical freedom over the last few years on the planet. It's been interesting to see the assumptions that people make, right? And how stuck people are in their own perspectives. Like, this is how this is what I chose to do, and because I think it's the right thing, I'm going to assume that people who I admire and are cool did the same thing that I did. They made the same choices that I made, right. and they they complain to you about everybody else who didn't make those choices. And I just sit there and go, mm-hmm. <laughs> You have no idea. You have no idea what I think on things, and um, then I, I also, you know, there was a dynamic going on of just like, you people who are silent about things. I know what side you're on, and you're being silent about it, and your silence will, you will be, you know, you will pay for that in the end. I'm just like, oh, really, really? You have no idea what I think, you know, totally,
1: um, or why I do what I do.
0: Or why I do what I do. Uh, My my calling is to talk about inclusiveness. So even, like I just, you know, just before you and I got on, I posted a poem that is clearly about what's going on in the culture right now around anti-Semitism and Mr. Kanye West. Mm -hmm. And I am clearly a stand for compassionate speech. And speaking out. But I I walk this line of like our compassion has to include everybody. Like I, I am I am a stand for love. I am a stand for the power of the word. I am I mean my, there is a through line in my whole career of being so mindful about the words that we choose and our capacity to bless or to harm. I also think there needs to be room in these conversations for compassion for the perpetrators. Right. You know, Mr. West is clearly not well. And the karma he is going to incur because of this. Right. And the tragedies that could come back on him, like everybody has to be included in the blessing of the virtue. And cancel culture makes that difficult. So if you speak up for the side that you are opposing then people make this assumption that you're on the oppositional side. That's, a, that's ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's absolutely ridiculous. For sure. So when we can, you know, when we have a discompassionate culture around justice, we are in very, very big trouble. And that's where
1: we're at. It's very dangerous time, For sure. So, like, what are your thoughts on just social media as a whole?
0: <laughs> Why are you asking me yeah. a good question?
1: Uh, social media as a whole,
0: it's like anything. Social media is a tool, just like technology itself, and sex, and food, and money. You can use the tool in a virtuous way, in a truly virtuous way. You can use it on behalf of goodwill for everybody's benefit, or you can use it for harm. Mm-hmm. And all of those things I just listed also can be used to numb out, and to keep us addicted. Right. So this goes back to your question of like, really, you're asking how to be more loving. Do you want to be more loving? Great. Then use the tools consciously. Not to say that any of that is easy. You know, I am scrolling when I don't want to be scrolling. For sure. I'm scrolling when I could be doing much healthier things.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for for that. I'd love to chat about inner peace and Mm. you talk about how inner peace can be revealed when we start to change how we think about ourselves. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people who are like, well, I'm thinking positive thoughts and nothing's really working over here. So can you kind of expand on that for us? (laughs) Why are you thinking positive? thoughts? (laughs) That's what I would ask somebody. (laughs) Um,
0: Yes, positivity is great. Yes, be the most loving person in the room. Yes, show up and lift the energy in any situation you are in. But if you are hating on your negative thoughts, Mm -hmm. it's going to be problematic for you. You're just, it creates this inner battlefield, which is really uncomfortable. It's an energy drain, causes a lot of anxiety. I am no stranger to that inner battlefield of like, Am I being positive enough, spiritual enough, pure enough, giving enough, responsible enough, 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 enough? Until you're just like, okay, enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So again, it's like meeting all of those things with compassion. Like, this is happening. This is happening. This is a cloud in my sky. This is a thought that keeps coming up. I'm not the thought. I'm celebrating that. I am conscious that I'm having thoughts. Lots of people, I can tell you, lots of people don't even believe that they are responsible for their thoughts, Mm -hmm. let alone move into that more empowered perspective that you actually get to choose your thoughts. It's difficult, and it's the work, and it requires stamina and a lot of love and devotion, but you get to choose your thoughts. That is the use of free will. And your thoughts will determine the quality and the course and the, your life,
1: Mm -hmm. the whole tone of your life. For sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. I'm going to let you go soon, but I still have a few questions. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'd love to know what setting boundaries looks like in your life and how this helps you connect with love. I
0: don't have many boundaries anymore. I have conditions for healing Mm. like my, my boundaries are not barriers it's if I can be there I'll be there right and if you are having a bad day and you say something shitty to me I hope that I have space for that because you're unhealed and so am I totally I don't need you to speak a certain way to me but I will make my choices about who I want to hang out with like you know, um, I am still there's lots of times my lack of boundaries doesn't work and I get a bit heartbroken. There are still times where I am overbounded, where I've, you know, I haven't been respectful of myself, my body, my time in the beginning right. of a project. And then we get to the middle and I'm just like, you're all fired, you know, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: you're out. <laughs> and... um that's just my own messed up, kind of distorted approach to how to take care of things. Like, just let everybody kind of do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, no, listen, there's a vision. So everybody show up on time. Right. And we can just really honor the vision in a loving way. Um, but I no longer, I used to walk through the world with, like, all these things work for me and all these things do not work for me. And it's it's a recipe for being brittle and bothered mm. and very easily offended. And now I'm more like, hey, you know, this is what I hope is going to happen. And if it does, fantastic. If it doesn't, I will make a choice at that point whether I'm going to stay in the conversation or I'm going to leave the cafe or I'm going to sign the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to be, we need to have heart centered boundaries, not wounded ego driven boundaries, big difference. Totally.
1: Yeah. I love how you said that conditions for healing. It's a powerful Mm -hmm. way to look at it for sure. Yeah. Well, our time together has been amazing. And I, I just Mm -hmm. thank you so much for all of your wisdom and passing it on to us. I'm so excited for your new book. My very last question before I let you go, I'd love to know how do you want to feel? How do I
0: want to feel? I want to feel useful. Yeah. Mm. that could change day to day For sure. I, I want to feel I want to feel connected to source. Um, I want to feel. Connected, that's that's the word, mm. connected, yeah.
1: That's great, amazing. Well, tell our audience where they can connect <laughs> with you and mm. your new mm. book and where they can find that.
0: Mm.
1: How to Be Loving is everywhere.
0: And there's a deck and a journal coming out this fall, the companion pieces. I'm at daniellelaporte.com, and that's where I'm writing fairly regularly. And have my membership and my leadership program and my podcast is with love danielle and i'm pretty consistent these days i'm dropping a new episode almost every week
1: amazing that's awesome well thank you so much for being with us
0: yeah thank you samantha thank you everybody
1: listening Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Danielle Laporte. And if there's anybody in your life that can benefit from today's episode, we would love it if you can share it with them. Definitely check out Danielle's new book, How to Be Loving, When Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World is Waking Up. Thanks for being with us today. I'll connect with you next week. Take care.